Good evening, family. It's Thursday. It's time to get into this discipleship study. I thank everybody for joining me tonight. I pray that you all are doing well in the Lord. Um, we're going to jump right into our recap, and then we're going to go into the study for this week. All right, so last week, last week, we established that as Christian disciples, it is our covenant obligation to teach others what has been taught to us. In our personal journey of discipleship, after salvation, we must bear our own cross and follow Jesus. As students of Jesus, when we study, his Holy Spirit will bring back to our remembrance the things we learned so that we may apply them to our lives at the appropriate time. As maturing students of Christ, we daily rely on the aid of the Holy Spirit to assist us in our areas of need and growth. As Christian disciples, we represent truth and life in a world of deceit and darkness. Christ has commissioned us to be light in darkness. What we have to offer others is the good news of Jesus Christ, which provides salvation from the bondage of sin to present, to present God, excuse me, and represent this perfect gift we must operate with an inward spirit of humility. Discipleship is a life journey. As we equip ourselves by daily studying the word of God, we are then able to go in humility and love and make other disciples displaying with our lives what we've been taught and not just what we've read. Amen. All right. So we're going to get into our scriptures before we start um getting right into the study uh the scriptures that we have for this week our focus scripture is john chapter 3 verse 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life our supporting scripture is romans chapter 5 verse 8 but god demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. Next, we have 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Next, we have 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then lastly, we have 1 Corinthians chapter 13 we've got the full chapter and it reads though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love i have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal and though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that i could remove mountains but have not love i am nothing and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whatever 
but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But what? But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a, mind, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide, faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And lastly, excuse me, I thought that was the last one. But the last scripture we have for this week is First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sin. All right, so we had two study terms for the week, agape love and then love, right? All right, so agape love, according to the Vines Concise Dictionary, is to express the essential nature of God, the attitude of God towards his son and the human race. Not the love of complacency or affection, not drawn out by any excellency in its objects. All right. According to crosswalk.com, agape love is a love of choice, not out of obligation or attraction. Wikipedia defines agape love as the highest form of love. And Britannica.com says that agape love is the fatherly love of God, as well as the human reciprocal love for God, right? So now we're going to talk about love, not agape love, but love, okay? So we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to say that this is worldly love. Love, according to the Strong's Bible Dictionary, is to have affection, to be compassionate, delight, and benevolent. All right. According to the Vines Concise Dictionary, love is a strong emotional attachment to and desire either to possess or to be in the presence of the object, familial, romantic, or friendship. Um, love is also a state of being or actions of strong affection and commitment. And then according to Webster's, love is the strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. All right, so this week we're discussing the main ingredient for the go therefore commission. Discipleship is a ministry of love. Love is how we distinguish between Jesus's disciples and Satan's disciples, right? Because we're all here, we're all progressing towards mature students of God. So let's understand that Satan also has students, okay? To display the love of God, we must take upon ourselves the mind of Christ. We must love what he loves and hate what he hates. We must see the sin without attaching its defiled fruit to the individual. As Christian disciples, we are going to encounter people from all walks of life, different nationalities, cultural differences. They're going to have different traumas and pains and sin cycles. But if we can't love them with the love of God, then the Bible says God is not in us. 
while we were yet sinners, okay, let's, let's, let's pause on that for a moment. While we were yet sinners, this means while we were fornicating, while we were drunk, while we were thieving and lying, while we were full of jealousy and envy, God still loved us. And he loved us so much so that he gave us the one thing that would cleanse us from all unrighteousness and loose us from the grips of hell. This fact alone is the greatest piece of information needed to present this same gift to others as ambassadors for God in Christ Jesus. Now, the requirement for salvation is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, right? So then after you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to repent or turn away from wickedness and sin no more, okay? Now, as Christian disciples, our role, Let's talk about our role. Our role is to lead them to Christ and to assist them in their study of knowing who Jesus is. Okay. Our roles are not to take upon ourselves the task of turning them away from their sins. We do not have the power nor the capacity to do this. I'm going to say that again. We do not have the power nor the capacity to change others or to cause them to turn away from their sins. As Christian disciples, we are to char- we are charged to love one another past the physical presentation of sin that we may present God. Now we are speaking to those who are spiritually dead and we're presenting them life through Jesus Christ. We all have sinned, okay? And those who believe they have not or those who believe they do not sin, the Bible says, deceive themselves. As Christian disciples, we don't have to regurgitate the sins of others. Nobody wants you to come up and tell them all that they have done wrong. Truth be told, as they as they walk with God, they will tell on themselves. They will talk about their testimony and talk about the goodness of God because of where he brought them from. That's not our job. Love covers a multitude of sins because the love of the father is given freely without perfection and excellency. It's a love of choice that does not factor in circumstance nor our past sins. We are to judge righteously presenting truth without stepping into an arena of condemnation. Though we are not where we were or who we used to be, it is wise of us that we are mindful to pull down any prideful thoughts when we come across the lost because we too were once in their situation. Now, Jesus is the appropriation for our sins according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. So there is nothing that can be said that should cause us to mishandle one of God's lost children. As Christian disciples, we are to be well known for our ability to love. We love the person, but never the sin. First John chapter four, verse 20 says, if someone says they love God, but hates their brother, he is a liar. Furthermore, John asks, how do you hate what you see, but love what you cannot? It's the intimate relationship with God that creates in us the ability to love others as he first loved us. If he abides in us, his characteristics also abide in us. 
The evidence of this is the Holy Spirit. All that we've been given is useless if we do not have love. As God is forever, so is love because God is the embodiment of love. As he lives, so does love. Romans 5 verse 5 tells us that without the Holy Spirit, we cannot display God's love. Apostle Paul informs us that the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So without the Spirit of God, we do not have, nor can we give love without obligation. Those who believe in and trust in Jesus Christ have received his Spirit. Now this is the, the, the transaction of love right here. When you believe in Jesus, when you trust in Jesus, when you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, we receive his spirit. Therefore, we receive his love. While we were yet sinners, ungodly and unlovable enemies of God, God loved us by sending his only begotten son, not just the blood of Jesus, but this is the blood of God. Why? Because Jesus was God in the flesh. Okay, so here is the example of love that we must give. Y'all ready? As we encounter those we've deemed unlovable, all right? We can be in remembrance that we were once in this situation, that we didn't have to do a magic trick or we didn't have to do something unique in order to receive the love of God. We were presented with his son, and because we accepted him, we automatically experienced a love transaction. So let's, let's go back a little bit. Adam brought us sin, but Jesus, the second Adam, brought us grace through salvation and reconciliation. Now, the exclusivity of this gift is the acceptance of Christ. As disciples, we're presenting and representing the same free gift that we've already received. Though we're in this flesh, we cannot put any additional stipulations on this gift. There's only one requirement, and that's Christ. Let me tell y'all, sin is no match for the grace of God. As disciples, we will see, and maybe even some of us thought of ourselves that we had done too much while we were in the world that God just was never going to receive us right however Romans chapter 5 verse 20 strongly implies that grace abounds much much more this fact is not permission to sin but a promise of the opportunity at a righteous life through Christ when we receive his Holy Spirit and we yield to his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will aid us in transforming from our sinful selves into our new man of righteousness. If God, if Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save, should we not offer the same place? Redemption through Christ rightfully dividing the word of truth brings about conviction and not condemnation. John 3.18 says, without Christ, they were already condemned. Therefore, it's not our plight to further condemn those who are lost. 
God loves all creation and therefore all of creation has an opportunity to receive and experience the love of God through his son. As disciples, we are presenting unity with God to the lost. In love, we present spiritual life to those who are spiritually dead. And we had one meditation question for the week. And the question is this, how does your love differ from the world? All right, so we know that this particular Bible study, the way we run this, this is all personal meditation and what Holy Spirit is revealing unto us. So my answer to this question is at this present time, my love is conscious. I'm conscious about it. I desire to give agape love, but I'm progressing in that capacity. I can say in the past, my love was obligatory. Okay, you had to do something in order to receive my love in the past. But the more I die to myself daily and yield to the Holy Spirit, I am able to visibly see and tangibly notice my ability to extend God's love and compassion without similarity of things, familiarity of people, or circumstantial kinship. So my love is progressing. But we have a clear example of what love is and what love is not in the love chapter, all right? Paul tells us that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not speak its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. If God is love, then we know these descriptors of love should also be our descriptors of love. God suffers with us. He's kind to us. He does not envy or parade himself. He's not puffed up, nor does he behave rudely. He is not provoked. He thinks no evil. He does not rejoice in our iniquities. He rejoices in truth. He bears all things. He believes, hopes, and endures all things, and he never fails. We already know the greatest example of love there will ever be. Now, we can't be God, but we have the Spirit of God in us. That Spirit, His Holy Spirit, will assist us in producing not the love of the world, but the love of God. Amen. All right. So I'm going to open the floor up and I'm going to say the same thing this week that I said last week. Whatever Holy Spirit is sharing with you, this is how you strengthen your faith. This is how you put the enemy underneath your feet. Whatever the, whatever the Holy Spirit is sharing with you now or in your study, share it with the group. We are sharpening we are iron sharpening iron. We are in discipleship training. We are gaining from each other, all right? So I want everybody to take an opportunity now. Don't raise your hands all at one time, but take an opportunity now to release whatever it is that God has revealed unto you, amen?